Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 87. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently available for streaming on the internet. So you don't have to. We're about a week away from Halloween, and so we are returning to some of our favorites, some of our old friends. In this case, Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. <laughs> old friends. Old friends, indeed. Uh, and they're, they're meet up in the 2003 film Freddy vs. Jason which is not currently available for streaming anywhere. It was when we rolled it on the roulette, probably end of the summer, and we were like, we'll do this in October, and then it went off of streaming. <laughs> so you can rent it for like between 2 to $5 at the usual suspects, all Amazon, the digital, yeah. YouTube, etc. You could also pay $160 to buy the box set from <laughs> Shout Factory, which is what I did. Listen, it's not a waste of money. It's a great box set. It's a great box set. I did an unboxing video on YouTube. You can check it out. But speaking of old friends, to to tackle this slasher crossover, uh, we have with us old friend James Skosky, friend of the podcast. Welcome back, James. Hello! How's it going? <laughs> Quite well. How are you? Uh, you know, we're okay. We're, it's, it's spooky season, so things are better than normal. True. Yeah, that's 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 things are looking up when you get to watch horror movies all day and it's normal. Another place you can probably find this, any given garage sale, <laughs> antique mall, or or uh pawn shop, I'm certain. I'm certain there's a million of these DVDs out there. Absolutely. I know they exist. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the the Blu-ray that comes in the aforementioned Shot Factory box set is just from two thousand nine. I don't think they they made a new Blu-ray. I think they just put the old Blu-ray in a new case because it starts with a trailer for The Cell 2. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> we all love The Cell 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Freddy vs. Jason is, as you might guess, a crossover between the Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th franchises. It is preceded by 10 Friday the 13th movies and 7 Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Liz and I have watched all of these franchises in... Like, in full this year, mm-hmm. we, over the past week and a half or so, have just made our way through the Friday the 13th franchise. For the, m- myself, for the first time. I'd only ever seen the very first Friday the 13th before this past week. Yeah, and interestingly, this is included as part of the, the Friday the 13th box set. It's part of this franchise, but it's not included as part of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Which makes no sense. I'm sure we'll reason. get into it, but yeah. it makes no sense. This is so much more a Freddy movie than a Jason movie. In my humble opinion, but I'm sure we'll we'll get well, it. Well, that's what I want to start with, actually. James, do you think this is more one franchise than the other? <sighs> well, I mean, in terms of plot, yeah, it's more of a Freddy movie. But that's because Jason is a silent character. I was going to say the same thing. And he doesn't <laughs> yeah. go into your dreams. Like, there's just something about this being Freddy having dream powers is different than Jason just stalking you around. Just kind of following you wherever you go and being unkillable. It just means that, like, Freddy's just got more tricks up his sleeve. He's got more to do. And in terms of, like, movie charisma, when you're going up against Robert England playing Freddy and you have no lines, you're going to have a hard time yeah. standing yeah. out. <laughs> but, Fre- but this is Freddy's... It's Freddy's plan. Yeah. Freddy is mm-hmm. ostensibly the protagonist of this movie. He has, the, he has what he wants. He starts out being like, this is what I want to do. He's got the opening monologue. Jason is just his pawn, basically. Yeah. So just, it's always, it just, I feel like for that reason, it's going to feel like it belongs to Freddy. Yeah. He's, he's almost the protagonist because he's the one that the plot revolves around and yeah. sets the movie in motion. Exactly. Like said, like... And none of the teens have like goals. I don't know that they really ever do now that I think about it. 
No. But, like, they're not really... I guess it's, it's just, like, be with my boyfriend, <laughs> I yeah. feel like, is, like, the most... It's not even really solve who killed my mother. That's sort of just, like, a weird tacked-on mystery twist that they kind of stick in there, but, like... Yeah, the goal is to not die. I, I feel like it's his... <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. They're just trying to avoid dying, whereas Freddy has, like, a master plan. He's pushing yeah. the plot forward. Yeah. James, do you have any insight on why this is uh, in the Friday the 13th box set, but not part of the Nightmare on Elm Street box set? <laughs> I have to imagine it was something like... I think the Nightmare on Elm Street box set came out right as the remake was coming out, and they just did, like, the first seven nightmares in order to catch you up on the remake but the, even that doesn't make hmm. i don't know why you wouldn't include it they're both new lines like they're both new line cinema properties now so like that doesn't make any sense so i have no odd. idea <laughs> i can see it yeah. being part of both i'm not saying it doesn't belong yeah. in friday the 13th it's just so strange like on letterboxd even yeah letterboxd has collections and this is part of the friday the 13th collection but not part of the nightmare collection it just doesn't make any sense to me and considering it's Robert England's last theatrical performance as Freddy, like, you'd think yeah. you'd put it on there. Yeah. It's, it's strange. Very strange. It was his last performance ever until, like, a year or two ago, or a couple of years ago, when he was on, what's that uh, sitcom, The Goldbergs? <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Sorry, what? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he reprised his role as Freddy Krueger on an episode of that show with the makeup and everything. That's um, nuts. I have not yet seen it, but I it like one of the characters sees Nightmare on Elm Street too young and starts having actual nightmares. Uh, so he's in like a nightmare yeah. that one of the characters have and he plays it, which I think is pretty cool. I mean That sounds sweet. Yeah. Another thing I want to talk about is just because because Liz and I just binged all of these films, let's talk about top three mm -hmm. Friday the thirteenth movies because we are in a Friday the thirteenth headspace in this Yes. In this podcast right mm -hmm. now. Can we go down from three? Can we go like three, 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 two, 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 one, one, one? Sure. Yeah, yeah, let's count down. James, what is your number three Friday the 13th movie? I think my number three is going to be part two. I think it's a really good one. I think it's kind of like the first one, but better. I completely agree. And I love Jenny. <laughs> yeah. I think Jenny's a great final girl. And I love her, Mrs. Voorhees, yeah. trick so yeah. much. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I think that's pretty much it's like like the fun kills of the first one but like you know just a little better i think i think it's just a little more um focused i think they're doing it the second time so they know what they're doing yeah liz what about you my number three is part three uh i don't really know why it actually feels so far away from me now that we've watched so many i just know that i feel a lot of affection for it because I really love part two, and then part three digs back into being a little silly. But the whole barn scene I really love. I really love the final girl in three. Um, I really like the bikers. I know they're kind of seen as very silly, but I, <laughs> I kind of love them. Like, I just think it's a very fun movie, and I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I think the bikers are very silly, and that is why they are good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think silly is good in a Jason yeah. movie. That's, that's where I'm yeah, at. Yeah, totally. What about you? My number three is the original, Friday the 13th. Mm, valid. Valid choice. Uh, boring choice. I'm, I'm not even sure what to say about it because everyone knows it. Uh, I think that it is a good version of the thing that it's trying to do. It is a bare bones camp slasher that would set the template for yeah. not just this franchise, but like every low budget, simple slasher that came after it. So for me yeah. on this rewatch, even like it, it works really well. It's just a good movie. Mm -hmm. It's not a great movie, it's but it's a, a good, good movie. movie. It's a classic. I think it being a classic... Yeah. 
elevates it, even if it's not, like, in terms of quality, the highest. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. James, you're number two? Oh, that's tricky, because I know I've, like, made a list of, like, my favorites, and what I have at number two is not how I feel probably much anymore. I don't know. I'm probably going to bump up Jason X, like, way high up there. That's just how I feel right in this moment. Jason X. I like Jason X. Valid. I like Jason X a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. It's um, fun as hell. Yeah, I think it's fun as hell, and I think that's pretty much where I'm at with it. That's what I want out of a Jason movie. I want fun as hell. Yeah, that's totally fair. Liz, your number two? My number two is um, part seven. No, part six, Jason Lives. It's part ah, six, right? Correct? Okay. It is part six. Yeah, sorry. I, got I, can't, I can't read this tiny thumbnail. Jason Lives. <laughs> <laughs> I know that the, I think you, we can talk about more when it's your thing. It's your number one. Is that it is my number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's your number two? My number two is Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I agree with everything already said, which yeah. is just that yeah, it's just the original but better, and yeah. I like the original quite a bit. I really love yeah. the end. I think it's a great. I have, I I'm really mad because I've heard people say that the that the the like the trick in four, um, where he pretends to be Jason is like better than the one in two, and I'm just really bitter about that because I really think the one in two is perfect, and I. I think that it's it doesn't need to be improved. It's great. Child psychology, she wears the sweater. It works perfectly for me. I think it's perfect. I love it. Yeah. The one and two is better. One and two is better. That's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff I love about four is not that part of it. It's the <laughs> earlier parts or it's, you know, yeah. Crispin Glover dancing. Yeah, or yeah, for sure. Just the silly stuff, the fun stuff. It's not um, Corey Feldman necessarily. Okay. Uh, my number one is part six. <laughs> There you go. It is. I think we're all. It is also we'll my number one. Point. I will yeah. just say this now. Yeah. Uh, I think it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I think that it it's right when this franchise needs to be something more than straight faced. It it yeah. it starts being silly and being a little meta. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that pretty much everyone who likes part six loves the tone of it. Yeah. The people who don't like part six don't like the tone. They think that it's too silly, too tongue in cheek, too meta. Um, I live for that shit. Yeah, I, it's just it's it's candy to me. Um, I think you, that it's you have about like eight other Jason movies to pick from, so a, a, you probably have a better of... comedy than it is a slasher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he because but he starts doing like he starts doing stuff like um when he like pushes that person's face like through the metal. He like oh, starts God. to do like ridiculous things. And it's the, where, like, the best iteration of Tommy Jarvis, I think. Like I don't care for absolutely. him as Tommy yep. like Corey Feldman. I do not care for him in 5. I do not like that movie. So in this when he's actually <laughs> interesting, capable, funny, like maligned by this town, like I just love it. I think it's yeah. the absolutely the best iteration of him. And still kind of a doofus yes. cuz he's still kind of yeah. a doofus, which which works for me. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I like that this is the one where they start taking Jason and making him do things that like human beings can't do. Like I said, like pushing them like through the, what is it? The RV yeah. wall or like whatever. Wall. Oh yeah. Or Damn. like the triple decapitation, which is fun. It's fun. Uh, just like, yeah, like stupid stuff that you're like, look, you know, I could see anybody stab somebody with a machete, but like Jason's one of the people that that's like, now I can like, you know, do insane things that people can't do. And I'm, and I'm very pro-zombie Jason, because this is when he's officially I'm a zombie. I'm also yeah. pro-zombie Jason. Agreed. Yeah, pro-zombie Jason, best Jason. Liz, would you like to yeah. talk about your favorite Friday the 13th movie? <laughs> yes. I would. <laughs> Just, I know, I know, but my favorite, my favorite Friday the 13th movie is Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. Part nine. Part nine. I... I was floored I when I heard that. <laughs> 
<laughs> you still have it as a one and a half on Letterboxd. It's fine. I have it as a four and a half. Um, I I will give it a rewatch. I will watch it. I will watch it again and being like, okay, I'm going to see what you like about I, this so I'm much. I'm in the minority. I know that I am. Yeah. So like, if you don't feel that way, it's fine. I get it. I just think <laughs> I I've heard the arguments for why people don't like don't like it and I just disagree. Be, and I think that it is very much because of how we watched them where we were getting to like 6 7 8 and I was like Evan if Jason doesn't just stop killing a group of teens, I'm going to lose it. I'm sick of it. I'm so done. I want something new right now. And like Jason takes Manhattan is like different, different, but it's still killing mm-hmm. a bunch of teens on a boat. Like it's still, still within, you know, frame. So when we got yeah. to Jason goes to hell and it starts off one, we were talking about meta in six, the meta aspect of the sting operation that begins Jason goes to hell. Amazing. Like immediately. I mean, that's my favorite. I mean, I, I will, I will absolutely. That's, that's the first thing I said was like, well, I, I love the opening. Yes. Of the movie. And I think everyone else, everyone likes that. And everyone also really likes the camping scene because those feel very Jason. Like those, like, you know, impale as mm. a camper through the tent with a, with a bar. It's, it's right up there with a good, mm. good, a good Jason kill. People don't like that. He's not wearing a hockey mask the whole time. People don't like that. He, there's all this really dumb lore valid. People don't like that he, that it's possession, you know? Valid. I understand all of this, and I don't care. I love it so much. Evan, watching me watch this movie, I'm sure it was just a trip, because like, there's a part where, like, whatever the possession, the we've never really seen what, what it is precisely that it's possessing people, but then in the end you find that it's like a very Cronenbergian-looking worm, and I lost my mind. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I love this worm. It's literally like the slugs from Shivers. It is, and I, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but it has little arms. I love it so much. And people hate Creighton Duke, but I love him. He is a nonsense psycho man, and I love him. I love everything about it. I love everything about it. I... It made me so excited. And again, I understand. I've heard the arguments against it. I know the director is a piece of shit. I know that, like, for people who love Friday the 13th, it must suck to have someone come in and be like, I'm not going to make a Friday the 13th. I'm going to just, like, shit on the thing that you guys like. I get it. I completely understand. But in terms of the movie for what it is, I just absolutely love it so much. I think it is really metatextual. I think it is really funny and fun. I love it. And I think the things that are stupid about it, you could be like, that's stupid and I don't like it. Or you could be like, that's stupid and I love it. And I just went to that. It's stupid and I love it. I mean, I can't argue with that. That's like, yeah. you know, it's... It, it's taste. It's, it's, it really is. Yeah. Because, I mean, most of the time when I saw this, I was like... I mean, I saw it a couple times, but I, every time I was like, what the hell am I yeah. watching? <laughs> like, that's kind of how I felt every time. Where I'm like, what is going on? And I felt that way too, it's but so- in a positive way. Where like, there's a part where the main guy... He has his handcuff behind his back and he just jumps and gets his hands <laughs> underneath his legs like in a like a little weird yeah. stunt so that his handcuffs are in the front of him. And there's a world in which I could have watched that and been like, this is fucking stupid. And instead I was like overjoyed. And I have it might have just been the night we watched it. Again, the ninth movie in a long span of a lot of the same kind of thing where I was just sick of it and wanted something different. Like there's a lot of things that probably factor into this, but at the end of the day, I love this movie <laughs> so much. I applaud you well, speaking yeah. your truth. Thank you. 
I've been angry about it for many days. <laughs> like I keep going and see, hearing other things people are saying about it and getting mad. And I feel like I just need to like, just live in my little bubble of, of love for this movie and not try to convince other people that it's good. For those who don't know, for listeners who might not know, uh, Jason Goes to Hell is widely considered the worst Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, people hate it. Uh, along along with Jason X, James's favorite, I guess, uh, and uh, <laughs> and the movie we're about to yeah. talk about, Freddy vs. Jason, it's, it's considered like the lower echelon of the yeah. franchise. And I get it, because people love the early ones. Which... They're doing the format. People don't necessarily like a break from format. I get it. I understand the feeling. We do have to move on from Jason Goes I know, to Hell. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A... I'm sorry to like, we do have to move on I'm from so Jason Goes to Hell. I'm so sorry. Not about Jason Goes I'm to Hell. Sorry. Maybe it should be. If, this, if that ever goes on streaming, I'm going to force us to talk about it because I will dig, I will dig deep. Yeah. It, you know, I, I do think that you're right. There's like usually like a kind love of the silliness mm-hmm. of the 80s. Whatever series that may be, whenever something takes a hard, dumb swing in the 80s, it tends to be loved like fondly, but if it's done in the '90s or 2000s, I think people end up yeah, like not liking it, and I and I wonder if people will come around to it because like, I, I I can't say that like Jason Goes to Hell is any more like stupid than Jason Takes Manhattan or even like, the really dumb lore movie... of the early movies. Like that's what made me so mad is that like I don't think the lore in one, right. two, three, or exactly. four makes any like, sense. It's... it's just that it, that we have the nostalgia and that's what's setting up the series. So like I understand. <laughs> I want to use that as a transition, actually, James, your point that I completely agree with, that the big dumb swings of the 80s are more easily forgiven by people, to transition into the movie we rolled on the roulette Mm -hmm. so many months ago, Freddy vs. Jason. (laughs) Kind of a big dumb swing in the 2000s. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't really like this movie. I hate it. (laughs) I didn't hate it. A wide (laughs) swing from the love I have for Nine. I hate this movie. It is my lowest rated Friday the 13th movie. I think that I think that uh, part of that, and we don't have to talk about this element the whole time, but I think part of it is the fact that I like '80s horror more than I like 2000s horror, and this feels like a 2000s horror movie in every single way. Mm-hmm. And it's these these mm-hmm. '80s and early '90s characters just dropped into a 2000s horror movie. And frankly, I don't like either the Friday the Thirteenth remake or the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. So at least I'm consistent in this opinion. That's I just true. don't like these characters in this style. It just doesn't work for me. James, how do you feel about Freddy vs. Jason? I fucking love this movie. I love it so much. Oh, God. I've seen it so many times. I saw this uh, in theaters uh, with my dad when I was 12. That's really cute, actually. Yeah, we we went to go see it. It was like midnight. And we saw it. And I love this movie. And I don't think it's just that. I think... I think nostalgia is a little part of it. Like it's going to help like smooth some of the edges over for me. But I mean, I have nostalgia for other movies and I can still recognize that they're like absolute garbage. I think there's a lot of really, really great stuff in this movie and I will tell you about it. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Yeah. So let's, let's, let's talk a little Um, about what this movie is about. So as hinted earlier, mm -hmm. the, the plot of this movie is that Freddie is being forgotten and he is upset about it. Mm-hmm. So he needs people to fear him on Elm Street again so that he can come back and regain his power. Sort of similar similar thematically to what's going on in Noom Nightmare in terms of the fear mm-hmm. uh, being a source of power. True. Um and, and yeah, kind of the yeah. first one I mean it's too. it's a very nightmare theme. Yeah. Um 
But also, New Nightmare yeah. was the last time we saw Freddy Krueger, which is like this. this and it's not yeah. really nine years him prior either. There's a, we have a whole episode about that. I know. We don't. Yeah. I'm just saying. I think it's <laughs> yeah. it's important to say. Sure. Uh, yeah. So he decides he's going to use Jason Voorhees, who people apparently still do fear, and whose name does do something in the real world. I think as I think, his pu- puppet. I think it's that he kills and he's silent and then he leaves and everyone will think that it was Freddy. Yes. I think yes, it's that's, that's But Jason cool. still has power on Earth, I think is what Evan meant. Yeah. yeah. Like he yeah. still for whatever reason can traverse between hell and Despite the fact that by the way, Jason is dead and Freddy goads him into getting up out of the ground at the beginning of this movie and yeah. then going to Elm Street Which to Jason do Jason can do, I guess. He's just, you know. He can do whatever he if wants. He's in hell, it's cuz he chooses to be in hell. He's a zombie. It's hard to kill a zombie. And, you know, they have a uh, habit of coming back to life. So, you know, works for me. <laughs> yeah, works for me. So what this movie's about is that uh, Jason goes to Elm Street, starts killing people. Freddy gets more and more powerful because people think it's Freddy Krueger. There are a bunch of characters, including Destiny's Child's <laughs> Kelly Rowland, God. for some reason. Uh, and lots <laughs> of actors from the season two of Supernatural. <laughs> Which gave me a lot of joy, I will tell you that. They die off slowly. They develop a plan. They execute their plan. Freddy and Jason fight a couple times. That's the structure of this movie. Yeah, they are ultimately defeated, mm-hmm. both of them at the same time. We can save the ending for later. It's complicated what happens. No, but it's a They twist. both lose and they both win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say, actually, right off the bat, that I do think this plan is great. I think that, like, the frame of this movie is wonderful. Like, Freddie being like, I don't have power. I'm gonna send Jason to my town. He can't talk. He will. He he will. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really leave most people alive. So for the most part, people are gonna obviously think it's me, and I will gain power. I think that's like mm-hmm. actually a really smart way to bring them both into the the fold. I agree. Yeah, especially with like two characters that really shouldn't have anything to do with each other, and you could come up with lots of dumb ideas and put a pin in that. Um, that I think the setup yeah. is excellent. Um, awesome way to get them on opposite sides right off the bat. You know, Jason like starts to give him power, but then is killing too many. So now he's like taking away the thing that Freddy will eventually need. So yeah, we're, I mean, like, I and think Freddy underestimates really good, him. Good setup. Yeah, he like there's a point where he's like, maybe this was a bad idea. Where like I have loosed. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking of the whole movie, and then he says it like a rabid dog. Yeah. on this town that yeah. I actually don't have any control over and maybe that was a mistake cuz now I can now yeah. I want him to rain rain it in and he won't I do want <laughs> I'm curious why did to your point about why Freddy and Jason have nothing to do with each other why did this happen why didn't Freddy fight Chucky why didn't Jason fight Michael Myers you know of all, be the, of all the of all the crossovers talk to each other. <laughs> you know maybe James maybe you could talk a little bit about like how this came to pass because it's teased actually at the very end of Jason goes to hell 1993. Yes. yes. A decade prior, yeah. it was teased so that it would be Freddy and Jason were going to Another wonderful thing about Jason Goes to Hell. So, I do. I actually, there's a lot to the story because it, it probably, like, started its origins in, like, the late 80s. Um, so, there was, like, a lot of, like, teenagers, I guess when there was just a million slasher movies all getting sequels at the same time, people would come up to, you know, that you know like, at conventions or fan fan things they'd come up to robert england or you know the the whoever was playing jason at the time and be like hey like do you think you could kick jason's ass like 
you know, do you think you could do it? That's really and, funny. You know, Robert England being the ham would be like, well, he's got to go to sleep eventually. <laughs> that kind of thing. He would always have like a good reply. And so the first eight Friday the 13th movies um, were Paramount. Um, and then um, Paramount like went to um, New Line Cinema and was like, hey, well, you we, we should put these together because obviously there's already this buzz. People want it. Will you sell us your rights to Freddy and then we can go make this movie? And New Line's like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> That's it. Like, probably at the time, that was probably New Line's like biggest moneymaker. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they're like, no, 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 no. Um, well, eventually, by the time like Friday the 13th Part 8 came around, the MPAA was like going really hard on Jason movies. There was a lot of backlash for slashers at the time. And Paramount was supposed to be a, like a more prestigious studio or whatever. And they just, like, started to look at their franchise and be like, oh, we don't want anything to do with this. They're not making much money for us anymore. Um, maybe we should just, like, let this go. And then the line's like, we'll take it. We'll take Jason. <laughs> Sell us Jason. Uh, we'll take him. And they're like, fine, fucking take him. So that the first New Line Jason movie was Jason Goes to Hell. I think it took them a long time to have the rights to the name Friday the 13th, which is why it's, like, oh, Jason Goes to Hell and the Jason The final Friday, X. yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that had something to do with it. So then they got the rights, like, you know, 1991 or something like that. They made Jason Goes to Hell, and they're like, okay, now we can finally start to get in production. We're going to tease it at the end. We're making this, baby. We're going to let the fans know <laughs> we're making this. And it legitimately was in production hell for, like, 10 years. Um, I have some notes about how this happened, because it's fucking wild. Basically, like, Bob Shea, that had a new line, and Stokely Chaplin. Um, they were basically trying to get like anybody they could that they thought um, could make this because they're like, man, this is going to be huge. We have both of these characters now. These characters are huge. <laughs> they had over 60 meetings with over 60 different directors. Oh my God. Damn. For who is going to make this movie. And uh, uh, Stokely mostly said like you would either get somebody who was not super – um, talented or not super, didn't have a lot of, like, credits under their belt, uh, which would make them nervous, like, pioneering these two, like, being in charge of two franchises for them. Um, or somebody who was, like, not, didn't give a shit about Freddy or Jason, but, like, was, like, a good director, and they're like, I don't know that that's a good idea either. So they just never felt like there was a good, um, there was a good director, and they said there was, like, 17 different script concepts from over 12 writers they said like man there was just lots and lots of really dumb ideas of how to get them to fight like one of them that made it pretty far was a script about a cult of freddy fans trying to bring freddy back to life and i think they had to collect like 10 dream demon souls oh which is God. fucking stupid no, honestly, that sounds i mean so like fun. when you think like how how easily this it's just like and they, they said like Jason came back to life by like chucking his heart into the lake. Oh um, my god. It, they're just like they just said like it was insanity and they like they just like didn't care about the lore of any of the movies. And then this writing team of um uh Damian Shannon and Mark Swift, they they came in and they're like, Okay, we have a script and we think the best way to do this is to like if you show Jason the way Jason is portrayed in the other movies and Freddy, the way he's portrayed in the Freddy movies, you know, it could work, but at least the fans will be happy with it because they're like, they behave in character. 
and their treatment was the one that was like eventually like the final script except their script uh was like two and a half hours long (laughs) oh my god so they said it was like really good they said this version of the script was excellent except it was way too long and new line's like nope we gotta cut it down to 90 minutes so so our our old uh friend david s goyer shows up and basically just condensed the script to 90 minutes and they said like it kept the plot like the 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 story was the same but like a lot of the dialogue and the character beats were different they had to just condense everything down um so they basically just took this long epic of them fighting and just squished it down to like 90 minutes which i think you know if i had to guess as to what your guys's problems is i think that's probably the source of probably a lot of i was gonna it. say this being a david <laughs> Goyer hack job explains a lot it does. fuck that guy <laughs> i yeah, think it's fascinating um, though that one they more... gave shannon and swift the the remake years later Shannon Swift wrote the Friday yeah. 13th remake. Oh, did they? Yeah. And I yeah. like the remake. It's the first it, Friday movie I ever saw, actually, besides the, the original. And I had a lot of affection for it for many years. So, like... So you think that there's talent there? Uh, talent is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> there's something there for sure. I would say there's something there. I mean, I would love to know what the longer version of it was, because I'm sure we'll get into it, but all of my problems with the movie that I actually do... I'm like, okay, anybody who wants to pick at this at the movie, it's the dialogue, um, especially with it trying to over-exposit. So many scenes of the characters re-explaining what Freddy tells you in yes. the opening narration. Yeah. And that sucks. <laughs> and yeah. it's not like, to your point, it's not really Freddy versus Jason for like a lot yeah. of it. It's like Freddy and Jason take Springwood and then they don't really fight until, I think you said last night, like an hour mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Right? Like it's... It just doesn't feel like Freddy versus Jason for a really long time. Yeah, I and I will say, because um, I don't know where else to bring this up, the main thing that um, uh, Swift and uh, and Shannon said that their biggest criticism with the um, with the condensed part, and we're gonna we could I don't know how much of the plot we're gonna talk about, but at the end, Kelly Rowland's death is their number one thing they hate because in their and their version of the script, it did not have the uh, F slur in it. Uh, it so whose fault is that? Who did that? I well, I would assume David S. Goyer. Yeah, because oh, they didn't. That is, that's what I hate the most about this movie. That is they, like it. You want to find out what the original scene was because it's going to make oh, you sad. It's going to make me so mad. Oh, so okay, tell uh, me. so Kelly Rowland. So she's like, okay, in the movie, she's right. You know, Freddie and Jason are fighting, and there's like they're in a cabin. The cabin like explodes, and everybody kind of scatters. And Kelly Rowland's running through the woods, and in the original version, she she sees Jason, and she gives the exact um, speech, word for word, that Nancy gives at the end of Nightmare on Elm Street. And then, like, Freddy, like, gets her attention, and he's just, like, wrong one, and then he kills her, and she dies because she fucked up the oh. lore. Which is so funny. much better Interesting. than her making fun of his penis Because her size. death in this is pretty stupid. It's the one where, where she gets slammed against the tree, right? The machete like comes from yeah. her and it does what a machete doesn't do, which is it doesn't slice through yeah. her. It like, flies her 20 feet in the air. It's like he hits her with like, like, a that. bat. It makes no but it's sense. Like, but, and she dies because she makes fun of Freddy's yeah. penis size, which is just God. like not... You're right, James. That made me really <laughs> sad. That's very infuriating. Yeah. And they, and they they said it in one of the interviews. I think it's the Never Sleep Again documentary. But that they said like we hate it. We didn't write a word of it. 
that we absolutely hate that our name is attached to that part of dialogue because they're credited yep. the writers but they're like we didn't write a word of that <laughs> oh i'm furious yep i'm enraged i would like i i yeah. don't think that i would love this movie without that scene but when i watched it last night and that happens where kelly mm-hmm. Rowland uh uses a homophobic slur against freddie and it, i forgot completely forgot that she makes fun of his penis size yeah. also says some really dumb shit like a mach- like a machete yeah. versus his little like Razor nails is not like it's just it's so stupid, and it really it's what made me bump it down like several half stars. Like I was, it's, it's confused because she's like, "Are you overcompensating for something?" And it's like, and then she compares it to Jason's machete, which is really big, and you're That's like, stupid. "Wait a minute, it makes no it's, sense." Isn't that the? Rep- it's the op- okay, yeah. It's dumb. It's very bad and dumb, and I I would love to see their version of the script for things yeah. like that, where I'm like, okay, what was their longer version of it because i think condensing it down is what made the movie i think like like a lot worse because so many scenes are the characters figuring out what we were told in the beginning of the movie so either cut out the opening narration or get rid of these exposition scenes because we know what's going on freddie told us you know what i mean that would be my biggest that's totally no uh i so i think i think you're right i think the writing in this movie is generally pretty bad yeah. And if I could blame David yeah. Esquire, that's fine with me. Makes me happy, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think the writing of this movie is pretty pretty bad throughout. I think that the directing is is somewhat inconsistent. Um, I did want to mention that it's directed by Ronnie Yu, who... My boy! <laughs> my boy Ronnie Previously directed Yu. Bride of Chucky. <laughs> Another of my favorite movies of all time. I love... Yeah, I love a lot of the style choices he makes. What are the inconsistent parts for you that you didn't like so I just much? feel like some of the action is, is quite good, and some of the action is mm-hmm. like... Like like stupid children's movie stuff, uh, bouncing around like a pinball on the pipes. That's the one that killed me. Is when it, I think it's Freddy mm-hmm. is like controlling Jason because he has the power to do that, and he literally mm-hmm. bounces him yeah. around, and the speed is all off. It looks like you started fast forwarding mm-hmm. it. It just it's looks so cartoonish. A weird toy. With like some choice. of the violence, is it? The thing I want to mention about Ronnie Yu is before he came to Hollywood, before Don Mancini handpicked him for for Bride of Chucky, he like is a Hong yeah. Kong film director who has like. I mean, he's he's made comedies with Chow Yun Fat. He's worked with Andy Lau. He's oh, really? worked with yeah, Leslie Chung. Uh, he's made wuxia movies, like a lot of them. And so it makes sense that like mm-hmm. a wuxia director could shoot action really well. Um, obviously, yeah. it doesn't look like a you know late eighties, early nineties peak Hong Kong action movie because Robert England and what's his name, the Jason of this movie, Ken, Ken Kersinger. Uh, I think they're not martial artists. Jason, it, they're not yeah, Jackie Ken. Chan, right? So like. They don't. The action doesn't look like Jackie yeah. Chan or Sam Hung or something like that. But I think the action of this movie is generally pretty yeah. strong when they're fighting. Yeah, I think all of all of the practical um, effects are amazing, and that's most of it. You're right. Like that CG bit, they actually have like pinball sounds playing and stuff like that. Yeah, that's kind of lame. But on the other hand, you have the scene with Jason in like the cornfield. Which is like one of the longest chemical burns I think uh, a stunt actor has ever done on film. Wow. I think it was the longest at that time. His whole body was like lit on fire and he's just slowly walking through the cornfield. It's catching on fire. He's slashing people up. That is dope as hell uh, for a Jason thing. It's that classic experience of practical versus CG and it just being like a world of difference that practical effects just looks much better. Well, for example, just say this. So there, yeah. there are just to set context, cause I don't think we're ever going to get through the plot chronologically. Sorry. We're just no. never, it's just not going to work with this conversation. Um, there yeah. is a rave that, that Jason is, is crashing and killing people. The mm-hmm. point that you're talking about is yes, this is great 
practical mm-hmm. stuff where he's 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 walking through the cornfield, but it ends, and this is what I'm talking about. It ends with him coming up to someone and twisting their head around, and it's CGI, and it's so unJason. It's very Freddy. The thing that Jason does, and it's mm-hmm. put into such stark relief after watching all of these movies. Jason is very famous for his machete. You know what his move is? Squeezing mm. people's heads till they explode. <laughs> yep. Which he does and Jason goes to hell. Just saying. Jason loves to crush a head. Or you know what he does when he doesn't crush a head? He picks someone up and chokes them to death. He, he loves does choking it. people. He loves to choke people to death. Yeah. Instead, he does a very Freddy-like twisting of the head and you yeah. see the head go backwards like a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about inconsistencies, right? Like, some of this is really good. Mm-hmm. Some of it feels very hackneyed and very, like, it's the 2000s, we gotta get your attention, we gotta be really over the top to keep your attention, dear viewer, and it bothers me and it annoys me, and yeah. that's part of my frustration with this, is that it's not it's not the fun that I like in those moments. I agree. Yeah. I would say, based on the commentary that I've seen, the behind the scenes stuff. Ronnie, you is like, if you hear him talk, he's like so excited, so enthusiastic, talks about how great practical effects are, how he, he doesn't want, he doesn't like, I mean, now it's like the Michael Bay fast yeah. cut, but at the time, I don't think there was a word for that, but he was just like, I don't like the cut, 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 cut. He's like, I just want to like put a camera and then show what's going on. But you also have a lot of like him saying like, well, the reason they went with Ken and not Kane hotter to play Jason was a studio call. He's like, it's their property, whatever. So I think he like wants to make it as good of a movie as possible, but he takes orders from the studio when he has to, it sounds like. I bet the pinball thing was not his idea. He didn't do that. I bet you the CG stuff he didn't really like have much hands on with. Yeah. But the you know, the colors, which are pretty cool in the movie. You know, the stupid, um, the one thing I don't like too much is the, the Freddy Caterpillar uh, oh CG God. thing that looks really bad. <laughs> yeah, the, the Alice in Wonderland Caterpillar with yeah. the bomb. Uh, not not great looking, especially considering, like, everybody that I've ever watched it with was like, what is that? And I'm like, it's the Alice in Wonderland Caterpillar because he's smoking weed. But the fact that you can't tell is bad because that's a reference everyone Agreed. should be able to get. Yeah, and I'm not here to beat up on the people who made this movie. I do think that the yeah. result, even if we can blame the result on Studio Meddling and David S. Goyer, <laughs> I think that the result doesn't work for me. It's still, I think so, it's like, so the bad. movie that I watched can can have mm. been a twinkle in the eye of, of talented, creative people <laughs> and then just not made it to the finish mm. line. I think this also has an unfortunate aspect of, like, if there's one thing besides Jason Kills. I feel like Jason, Jason Kills is the top of like what you need to have a good Jason movie is Jason Kills. The second thing I really think you need to have to have a good Jason movie is likable characters. I think that is like actually paramount and I found myself when I was writing my reviews paramount. for almost one of these movies paramount <laughs> uh, is that I would be like okay this cast is likable versus this cast is unlikable and that always kind of like almost made or break, broke a movie for me and I think that the characters in this movie are so deeply, deeply unlikable. Mm-hmm. I don't care about any of them. I think all of the girls, and this is not meant to sound shamey, but all of the women in 2000s movies have to be so much hotter. Like, 2000s movies for women are just awful, and all the women look like porn stars. And it has always bothered me, and it's especially egregious in this movie, when all of the past movies, in my opinion, have looked like people that you know which is what it's supposed to be they're supposed to just be like the girl next door the girl down the street the camp counselors the camp counselors Mm -hmm. even the ones that are slutty they're like they're regular girl slutty they're not porn star (laughs) slutty and i really feel like everyone in this movie is a porn star again not meant there's nothing wrong with porn stars but it's just not what the jason (laughs) 
franchise really is to me. May I interject to say that there's one person in this movie that I do like. He does die first, and it's Gibbs' boyfriend. The reason I like him, <laughs> his death is very cool because he gets... He's the worst. What are you talking Wait, no, no, about? No, no, he no. Gets, he gets, like, stabbed, and then he gets folded in half in the bed. In the bed. Great kill. Good Jason kill. Very good Jason kill. I like that he's so mean to give about smoking. That he is, oh, like... that is very on brand for it you. Is, it, it's very on brand for me, but also it's very much not of its time. Like That's true. That's like, yeah. very true. That, that's, like, yeah. how a character would act... Now. Like, that's how a character would act in Scream 4, is that they would be mean to their... Yeah. Like... Girl Girlfriend for smoking. Girlfriend for totally. smoking. I love... No, you're totally right. Not just because it's like my... Like, I think smoking sucks, but like because it's a character detail that you would not see in a stock character. Yeah. Uh, you're it totally specifically right, actually. Makes it That's true. Out. And he also, he has that thing where she tries to snuggle with him after sex, and he's like, you know I don't like to be touched after sex. I'm like, who is this man? Who is you're this right. Table? Oh my God. He really is like... That's so funny. You just opened my eyes to this character who died in five minutes. Everybody else sucks. Well, he did have one part of a Freddy scene where Freddy's using him as like a weird puppet, and he's like, "Come on, babe, I said oh, to follow yeah, me." Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's like really in the corn stalks, but it's just his head and his weird yeah. crushed body. Damn. Yeah, I like Gabe, especially. I mean, like, I'm gonna have a, a soft spot because of uh, Ginger Snaps. Ginger Snaps, and she's in Supernatural, and she's in Hannibal, and Goosebumps. She's in an episode of Goosebumps. Oh yeah, she's a real underrated scream, uh, scream queen. Yes, Catherine Isabel. I love her. I'm really excited. Agree. That she's in this movie. I uh, wish she was the main character. Um, totally, because I hate her, and I I hate Linderman, and I I realized today why. It's because if this was made today, that guy would be a fucking incel. Like that's. That's a hundred percent what who yeah. he is. Yes. What he is. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like the movie ends up being like tries to redeem him badly, but like tries to go that route of like, ah, eh, he's not so bad. You know, he, he makes fun of uh, uh, Kelly Rowland's makeup and calls her phony. So we should like so him. Stupid. And like that's such a bad scene. It's really terrible. Like that's what gets her on his side, which is ridiculous. ridiculous. Uh, you know you know who else they tried yeah. to redeem in this movie that um, was pretty puzzling? Uh Jason Voorhees. Feel like yeah. this feel like this movie was really <laughs> sympathetic to Jason Voorhees. And I'm not really sure why. There was a point about halfway through where I was like, oh, is Freddie like the bad, bad guy of this movie? And Jason's like the good bad guy who we're kind of supposed to root for. And I was like, I don't think that I'm it goes that there. far, but I, I think that it know. is, it is trying to imply that Jason is susceptible to abuse. And, and is, that he's like a lost little boy. Yes. Inside. He's the way and he is like because of abuse and neglect, which may be true. Yeah, but we're it, 11 movies in now. And I don't give a like, shit. I don't care anymore. I don't care. <laughs> the fact that there's that scene where hit with him yeah. lying on the grate, and he's like they... back to his old little self and he's crying. And then there's a point where she's going in to lift him out of the water and he, she sees his face and she's like, Ugh. And I was like, what? Are we supposed to be Because like, I don't. And also, to what we spoke about earlier, I think Freddy is a much more interesting villain. And were I to root for one of them, it would be Freddy. Like, that's how I feel. They're both equally terrible, but I think Freddy's more interesting. And so, like, I wanted Freddy to win, and I don't like that this movie was implying that Jason was, like... I Not that he's good, but that he's less bad, or that he's, mm. like, gentle in his heart, that he's just a little boy, really, at the end of the day. I just don't I do care think, about that. I do think it's doing that. I will say, I actually think it's to this movie's credit that it does establish or reestablish Freddy as, like, a real 
motherfucker. Oh, he's terrible. Yeah. Like, it does open with yeah. him being like, I do kill children. Yeah. Like, and I think exclusively. That's, I think that's good. Obviously, the previous film being New Nightmare is much darker and, like, uh, doesn't shy away from yeah. that. But the, the, the sequels before that, Nightmares 3 through 6, uh, are so much, like, sillier and abstracted from the origin of the Freddy character. I think that this, I really appreciate this getting back to, this is an evil dude. He's super evil. Yeah, and the sexual undertones yep. of a lot of his dialogue and his yeah. meanness is like it makes him like a really bad dude and like you said like it does bafflingly make jason afraid of water yeah, yeah that's not a thing way more so than it he should spent years underwater. Um, he loves the water <laughs> he he hung out on he swam to a boat he, he he like spends most of his time in the water he lives in a the lake shower is too much for him water like falls <laughs> yeah it was and he's like oh no so I mean, presumably he he died when he was a little kid, and he grew up underwater for to become like the brick shit house that he is. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> why, that's why he's so strong. Dude was, dude was forced <laughs> in water. That doesn't make any sense. I do want to say the something that like it, like clicked with me this time I watched it was the opening of the movie. Like I I didn't really like click that this was like what Jason's like hell is in hell. Jason is just forced to like endlessly hunt teenagers that just wander onto his property and he has to kill and get rid of. And then just another fucking teenager shows that up on his lake. Cause that's his job. That's, that's what he likes. That's his, like, is, right? hell, is, is my hell going to be my job? Like I just have to go to work every well, day. Why wouldn't that be his heaven that he just gets? Cause that actually is kind of, that comes up in Jason X that that's like, that lures him. He loves to kill. That's that's what they're they're like. They create like a little paradise to distract him, and it's literally killing. I wonder, girls but I wonder if backs. that's like he gets so like he gets like his triggered by like teenagers and sex. Well, I think like I feel like the joy would be for him to be left alone, but teenagers just cannot stop boning on his lake. He just like cannot get peace of so you're saying because really he doesn't leave that lake question, yeah. actually if nobody should... you're saying the jason x simulation where yeah. the the girls say like we love premarital sex that's to make him mad not to give him like a chew toy oh. yeah i think like he's just like there's another one i gotta get him like, I, like, <laughs> that's what i that's how i see oh. jason as like a dead and he knows he's in space at it's that just point like, he does no he's like i just yeah. have to go kill he's them. just like I get yeah, I, yeah it's I what figured... reanimates him. He's just like he's dead, and there aren't teenagers having sex. There's nothing happening. He's fine being dead. Yeah. But then when they have sex on that spaceship, he's like activated. Like I have to stop this. It's so fascinating. I always figured that it was like, <laughs> if no one came to visit Cam Crystal, like he would like go seek out people. He would like go find them. But no, this is a different take, and I like it. How does he get from New Jersey to Ohio in this movie? What? Okay. They go from New that Jersey is... to Ohio, and then the teens go from Ohio to New Jersey at the end of this movie. <laughs> well, he's in hell at the beginning. He's not ever actually in New Jersey. No, but he he comes up out of the ground. He literally stands up. He's somewhere. Oh, true. Yeah. He walked like it follows. Yeah. He okay, yeah. but follows. then they drive from Ohio to New Jersey one night because of their crystal like plan. I mean, they had they went through so many uh, trank. Uh, I guess they just had to keep <laughs> tranking them, man. Like, we just they, that was the two hour, two and a half hour cut was yeah. the road trip. <laughs> like it was way longer. You know, there's like a scene where like they have to like there's like a, it's like a weekend at Bernie's thing where they have to keep Jason's corpse hidden while they stop for gas. They and bring snacks. him into like the motel and you know? eat lunch with him and everything. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Yeah, th- that see, I want the two and a half hour. I since it doesn't exist, I can only have a headcanon of what was in it. That road trip was in it, and we I do were want to cheated. ask you mentioned you mentioned the thing about growing up underwater. This is the digression from the Freddy versus Jason 
for a moment. Mm-hmm. Freddy's lore is pretty straightforward. Jason's lore is nonsensical and takes so many twists and turns. For a lot of movies, it makes no sense. To put it... Yeah, from two on, two on, you have a massive timeline yeah. problem. Because, like, either he he didn't make a cameo in the first one and she just which is dreamed fi- it. Which is fine. I think that that's a totally legit I, yeah, version. I always yeah. kind of imagined it was a dream. It doesn't yeah. solve the problem, though. Here, here's my question. James, I just want you to answer a yeah. very simple question. <laughs> when did Jason Voorhees die for the first time? Okay. So. <laughs> I have to imagine, including retcons, I would think part four. Like, he, he, I, he, I don't think he was okay. a zombie before then. Right? Because uh, and then he's not in five, but in six he comes back as a zombie, and then he's a zombie because he's just like a manic hillbilly in the second one. Yeah, so you know what I mean. Like he's just like a hillbilly. Let's dial it back dude. then. So if he, the ending yeah. of three is to imply that he died. He gets up and he like leaves. So that's yeah. fine. He is just superhuman, perhaps in some some slight regard that he survives he, death. He dies. I mean, he he like he gets really hurt at the end of two and really hurt. Potentially also dying at the end of three, and then gets up in four, and yeah. is fine. So there's got to be something going on there. Okay, did he die as a child? Did he drown? It doesn't make Ooh, sense. That's a good it doesn't question. make sense if he did. Because he can't like, have because how he grew is he up. An adult? He, yeah, yes. he, like, he grew up. He's in a big. He's yeah. in an adult body. And we have no lore or magic about yeah. him, his mother. Like they could have really slipped to me about like his mother did some spell to raise him, right? Like, and she like decided to raise him as an adult. Yeah. Like there's there's something they could have stuck in there, but they never did. It doesn't make sense that he would die yeah. as a child. Well, I don't think. Well, I guess did they did they find the body? They never said because she, I guess she would assume he drowned because she never That's saw what him I again. Think. But he could have been in the woods and eating she, squirrels. Yeah, yes. she just never That's saw him again. That's my theory: is that he <laughs> yeah looked drowned. They couldn't find him. They're like, oh, his body must be at the bottom of the lake yeah. somewhere. They decided not to dredge it for whatever reason. His mother was like, nope, he's dead. I don't care. I don't need to see about it. I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. I know he's dead. Um, and then he went off. Because it's kind of always yeah. implied that he's like a little touched, right? Like, it's never that he's like, you know, he, he's yeah. got something going on. So he just clearly like washed up on the shore, wandered off, lives in the woods, eats squirrels, gets really buff, mm-hmm. and then comes back when he yeah. finds out his mother died. It still doesn't really track because why didn't he ever go look for his mother if he loves her so much? But... That's really all we have. So this theory, I guess he like finally made it to the cabin and he saw his mom and he's like, mom, I found you. And then she's decapitated and he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Took him that long. And then he like, and then he hunts down his, his mom's kid. Yeah. And then, and then all of the, the people come back to Crystal Lake and he's just like, these, I, these fucking teenagers are showing up at my house again. They need okay, to get so out of here. We ignore nine lore. If it, cause that's. That yeah. implies he's like an eldritch other yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fair enough. That he yeah. just didn't die. I like this theory. This is what works for me. Mm-hmm. Is he doesn't die until mm-hmm. four, and he isn't <laughs> raised until six, and from then on, through the power yeah. of lightning? Question mark. He is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like he doesn't have a Doctor Frankenstein, right? Like there's no other science involved. He just gets struck by lightning, and then he's an unstoppable zombie for the rest, which is fine. But I wish there. Yeah, was and some... then he gets reactivated in seven by like the psychic powers. Of the girl. Because he's just down there as a zombie and zombies can't drown. So he's just Yeah, chilling. that's the end of six, is that he, he stays at the bottom of the lake. Yeah, yeah. and he's a zombie. He's just like, okay, you know, I have some quiet down here under the lake. I don't have to, <laughs> like, I don't have to deal with teenagers sexing it up. Like, I'm just chilling. 
you know, and then more teenagers show up and he's like, God damn it. <laughs> like, I got, they're just like, it's like, um, I don't know. It's like, I feel like it's like Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny. They just keep showing up and fucking up <laughs> yeah. his day. And he's like, God damn it. I need to kill yeah. these. Teen-. Like, I just think as soon as I get rid of one, they more show up. They just cannot stop having that's sex true. in my lake. I, that's, you know what? Honestly, I think that's fair. <laughs> Classic teens. Yeah. I, I think, I think that it, it actively bothered me early in the, um, franchise? In, in the franchise, watching the franchise that we had like a huge fight one day because I was mm-hmm. like, this makes no sense. Why is he, why is he alive? <laughs> is he not already a zombie? And then it was like, well, when did he become one? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> they never told me that's not my fault. And so like, I, I still think it doesn't really make sense. Even with all the the lore we've discussed here today yeah. because I don't really understand why any of this makes him virtually unkillable. Well, there's nothing wrong. I think the hand-wavy part isn't a problem, right? Like, the Nightmare franchise has hand-waving of how he went from monster in life to dream demon, right? Sure. Like, yeah. it doesn't sit there and explain yeah. to you how that happened. Like, no, no one has to be the one casting a spell over a scrying yeah. or whatever. But I still think... And when it... It's, yeah. And when it does happen in, fr- in Nightmare on Elm Street, it's the worst. Yeah. True. It's why I just don't care I for hate... I don't care really for any criticisms of any of the lore in the whole thing. Now I'm like at a point where I'm like, do mm-hmm. whatever you want. Literally go crazy with the lore. Spoken it's... spoken like a Jason goes to hell fan. That's how I feel. I think there's people who complain a lot about the lore <laughs> in that, and I'm like, you don't even know. You've forgotten that the lore has never made sense. It's never been consistent. Mm-hmm. It's always been crazy. Just live, laugh, love, uh, enjoy whatever lore every new writer and director comes up with because none of it's ever going to make sense ever. So just just enjoy it. I I think you're right in that like Jason does afford it because it, it never made sense in the first place, so therefore you can take it down places and it doesn't ruin anything. Like when Halloween goes That's off exactly the rails... That's exactly what I was going like, to James. Thank you. I was going to bring it up. Yeah. yeah. When Halloween goes off the rails, I, I hate it too. Where they're like, no, he wasn't just like you know, a quiet, like, you know, a child who was, you know, like just evil or whatever. It's, he had a druid curse that caused him to sacrifice his siblings yeah, no. to the God of Halloween. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I hate it. I hate yeah, it so I think much. I agree with it. Like with, with Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, like the suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. is baked in from the beginning in a way that I think works. Yeah, Halloween goes so yeah. off. off the rails is the only way to describe it. It's just nuts. <laughs> Even just the extrapolation of like the first one existing, and then we got we get siblings involved, mm-hmm. and then we get magic mm-hmm. powers involved, and then we get the fucking cult. It's just like, yeah, it's it's something that like so didn't need it because it was so clean, and then they're just like, what if we made it the most insane and terrible thing ever, and not really think it out at all. Yeah, and the seesawing, the seesawing of the Lori uh, sister thing, sister thing yeah. for, like whenever a different person gets their hands on the franchise and decides to make up their mind about that, I'm so tired of it. I'm just yeah. tired. Well, it's you know, it's like uh, it's like what five Halloween timelines now. There's like yeah. that amazing chart where they're like, "Do you like this one? Yes or no? If you like it, pick that one. Or if you don't, go with this one." <laughs> it's really like funny. That's the Halloween franchise now, and with with Nightmare on Elm Street, it's like. Uh, I mean, there's just a point in which I'm like, okay, I like the lore up until here, and then I can cut it off, and then I don't have to care. Like, it, it ends three for me. Like, they the the retconning or whatever they do at three works for me, and that I, no which is why me. I think New Nightmare like taking a different tack with it is so yeah, good. Very smart. Is that it's just it's, it's yeah. let's not worry about continuity. Let's reimagine 
what this whole thing we've been watching is. Yeah. And I think, I mean, yeah, you ha- kind of have to be Wes Craven to pull that off, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They did ask Wes Craven to write Freddy vs. Jason, and I bet you can guess his <laughs> yeah. answer to that. He was like, fuck no. I don't want any yeah. part of he that. He said his piece. <laughs> it would have been a very different yeah, movie. He's like, uh, yeah. Had it been a Wes Craven film. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think he had he was like they don't want to say anything artful with this movie. They just want to get them to rip each other apart and he's like I don't have any interest in doing anything like that. <laughs> I was like, "Yep, that That's sounds fair. like you." It's um, true. Yeah. For the benefit of the listener, mm-hmm. can we talk about the ending? I would love to actually. Of of Freddy vs. Jason? Yeah. Yes. The I would movie love we're to. supposedly talking about. We've talked about every other franchise. <laughs> yes, I would love to. They're all fighting on the dock. The goal of the teens of this Crystal movie yep. is to get Freddy and Jason I guess they want them to kill each other uh, is their, like, eventual goal. The aforementioned road trip involves keeping Jason alive, but subdued in a dream state. Which doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. Sure. (laughs) It's fine. We just said it doesn't matter if it makes sense. I know, but I'm just letting you know that it doesn't. They blow up the dock. They let the dock on fire and blow them up with a propane tank. They go off into the water, into Crystal Lake. Freddy comes back, and he's got Jason's machete... He's gonna kill. Is this that we you did? We should mention though that he has Jason has chopped off Freddy's arm. That is important to the final beat of this movie. Yes. Would you like to tell it then? No, that yes. I just I wanted you to remember that that happened because it is it is essential. Sure. When they're fighting before they get blown up. Yes. Freddy's got the machete. Gonna kill the living humans mm-hmm. that aren't unstoppable demons. Jason pops up mm-hmm. out of the water, uses Freddy's arm to stab him. Uh-huh. And then falls back very pathetically back into the lake. <laughs> That's his last act. He he throws it like a javelin through Freddy's chest, and Freddy's arm bursts through his fe- chest like a chest burster. Mwah. It honestly, it, it honestly <laughs> kind of works for me. I think that the two of them using yeah. each other's weapons to hurt each other. Uh, does it's work. interesting. It does work for me. It does something. Yeah. yeah. Lori then beheads mm-hmm. Freddy with Jason's machete. Mm-hmm. They fall into the water. Everybody goes away. The ending of the movie is Jason coming out of the water with Freddy's head, like carrying Freddy's head, and then Freddy winks at the camera. Uh, so nobody won. Mm-hmm. No. Jason thinks he won, but Freddy's not dead because Freddy can't die. Neither of them can. Unless they're in a dream or they're both in hell together. Um, they're, okay, so now that we talked about the ending, there was a rights issue, but when I tell you what the original planned ending that these two writers had i just it hurts inside that this oh, couldn't no. have happened but oh, it was no. a right i'm issue. terrified basically the idea was that they both killed each other there that you know they decapitated d- die back into a lake and the original ending was they both wake up in hell and they're like trying to kill each other still and then chains come out of the wall and separate them and then pinhead says like gentlemen what seems to be the problem and that would have been the ending You can't see me right now, but my head is in my hands. <gasps> oh my god! So that I just want to say, I that is immensely stupid, but it is perfect for what happens to the Hellraiser franchise. Yeah, which I also we haven't talked about the podcast, but I just watched all the Hellraiser movies mm-hmm. in the past month and a half. It's a laborious uh, task. 
that franchise gets real bad. Yeah, it gets real. We're talking about we're talking about bad bad Halloween sequels, mm-hmm. bad Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. None of them compare to how bad the Hellraiser sequels are. Yeah, it, it like jumps off a cliff really quickly. Um, that would be insane. <laughs> I do wish that happened. Yeah. Because I'm just trying to think of what would happen. But what emotions I would have felt. Yeah. If I was watching that movie and didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Like, similarly to how I was watching Jason Goes to Hell and then the Freddy, like, reveal happens in that movie and I was delighted. I would have yeah. lost it. And I don't even really like Hellraiser that much. <laughs> but I had a, I had a feeling you were going to tell me that it was going to be another horror icon. Yeah. And it could have been any of them, honestly. Yeah. But Hellraiser, specifically being someone already oriented in a hell or a hellish place. Yeah. Is so galaxy brain. I am so, so upset right now. I'm, I'm livid that you have told me things that would have made me actually potentially like this movie. Yeah, I'm livid. I can't credit the movie for having that because obviously it didn't. New Line was like, okay, we're not paying to get the rights for that, but man, any amount of money it would have been worth it because like that, it so would have been like the ending to like open up this like horror universe. Can I just say how how much could it possibly have cost? Like. For the context, we're at the point in this... I looked at history. We're at the point in the Hellraiser franchise where they're shooting movies back-to-back in Serbia that don't get released for years later. That have They're taking spec scripts that have nothing to do with Pinhead, throwing Pinhead in them, shooting them in fucking Eastern Europe, and then releasing them direct-to-video. What the fuck did Dimension have to lose? <laughs> exactly. Like, what? It's, it's a character that hasn't been relevant, frankly, since like the first or second one. Really? Was Doug Bradley already out at this point? No, he was still there. See, <laughs> fucking Doug Bradley, can you imagine? Can you imagine Doug Bradley and Robert Endland in the same place? I know. Like, Jesus. Ugh. That would have been incredible. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Heartbroken. Yeah. Truly, I... truly heartbroken. These are the most emotions you've ever expressed about Hellraiser. <laughs> I know. It just really would have like been... I said, I didn't like it, but that would have been so good. It really would have been great. I respect it, and I love Doug yeah. Bradley. I respect the first Hellraiser movie a lot. I, I, I don't think, like, in the public consciousness, like, I don't think Pinhead has been, like, super relevant since, like, the first or second one. As much as we might like some of the sequels, you know, it's, he never really, like, you know, like, endured, like, you know, people love the Friday the 13th franchise. I mean, people will go to bat for Halloween 4, 5, and 6, which is beyond But me. I think he <laughs> is, like, an iconic figure enough yeah. that it really, really, really worked for this movie. Because, like, I think about Cabin in the Woods having what is very clearly a pinhead stand-in yeah. that people look at that and know what the reference is even if they don't know Hellraiser or know the movies. Yeah. I do want to be fair here. I don't want to say like let's not act like uh Hellraiser is like underrated or some in some way. Yeah. Like if Clive Barker like nightmares and visions were a part of our mainstream culture, we would have a very different culture. Like True. <laughs> Hellraiser is so much more out there than the other franchises yeah. we're talking about. Let's not pretend that they're the same thing. Let's not put Hellraiser next to No, but that's why it works Friday so 13. good <laughs> as a sting, not as a like you would never have a movie called Pinhead versus Jason, yeah. right? Like yeah. that would never make sense. Yeah. But having him just be there at the end is the perfect place for him in terms of when we talk about yeah. franchises, I think. Oh, it could have even yeah. have been like an Avengers style like post credit scene. Oh my god. Yes! Oh my god. <laughs> Damn it! Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, uh, God. Yeah. I, I, and then Chucky shows up and says, like, you know, we're making a team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are just waiting for that someday. They're all going to combine forces and just, like, God. take us all down. It's, like, going to be, like, the fucking, what's, you, what's that movie? 
the Suicide Squad. Or it was going to be the dark universe that died upon <laughs> dead on arrival. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the best thing we got out of it. Was... How many dark universe movies? Did uh, they, they made one. They made one. Uh, yeah, it was just Mummy, and then it 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 just yeah it failed. And then basically they were like, okay, we don't know what we're doing. And then uh, Leywano uh, did Invisible Man, which is awesome. So uh, they course corrected there, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Dark Universe. Do you know who is going to be the Invisible Man in the Dark Universe? Yeah. Who? Johnny Depp. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm glad we avoided that. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Dark Universe. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, James Wales. James Wales, 1933 Invisible Man. Just watched for the first time this month. Uh, masterpiece. Yeah, it's a banger. It rocks. <laughs> uh, it's the best movie I've watched this month. Like, all of, all of like, spooky season. It is the best, like, new thing I've seen. Yeah, I love it so much. We'll talk, we'll talk about that later on this month, actually. Yes. We will. Good yeah. tease, Evan. <laughs> to put a to put a cap on the ending of Freddy vs Jason because we didn't really talk much about the the versing part. I think it's I think the fight sequences are all really great and there's enough of it. Like there's a lot of versus movies that like have two different franchises in them, and most of them really skimp on the versus part. Um, like what? Say more about and, that. Like well, I would I just recently rewatched uh, Alien vs Predator because my girlfriend had never seen it, um, and there's only two scenes in the movie where they fight really. Which is absurd. Um, it, it's a real shame because I like those two sequences like a hell of a lot. Um, they're really they're done well, but it's only two scenes and they're not super long. This one has like, you know, lots of Jason kills, lots of nightmares, and then there's the fight in the cabin. There's the fight right outside the cabin. There's the one with like the pipes and air tanks, which I really like. Um, and then there's the one on the dock, and all of that takes up like you know, pretty much a half hour of the movie is just this, this long drawn out fight for the most part, which I think is pretty cool. And, um, in terms of directing, I really like that. Like it starts off with, um, like the, um, the, the score of the movie is like, like metal, you know, like when they first meet and Jason is looking at Freddie and Freddie's looking at Jason and you have like metal music playing. And it's like fun. But then like w- when they're like really ripping each other up at the end, it's like really slow orchestral music and like the gore is turned up like super high and it's just like stylistically you're just like oh wow like these two characters are like really ripping each other oh, apart Jesus. which works for me i just say i don't the know if metal it works music for you, but like does I think not the, work for me it the is style so choices. so 2000s and i think this movie is like it really has a lot of the things that are just terrible about the 2000s i prefer orchestral music I love that this movie starts <laughs> off with both of their themes together, and well, I think it's like very fun. But it I... plays it plays the nightmare theme yes. once at the beginning. Yeah, that's it what does I'm not reprise it. I wish it did. I wish or, it did. That's what I'm saying. Or if it does, it's in a subtle enough way that I didn't really notice it. None of the no, I maybe I'm crazy and way off base here. To me, none of the sounded right. All of them sounded fucking weird. It's because they're because they were doing ch and ah. It's not ki ki ki. Yeah, it's K for kill and then M for mom. Like, it's supposed to be oh. uh, her imagining him or him saying, like, kill them, mommy. And that's what it is. That's what the, uh, what, uh, Henry Manfredini, is that the? Yeah. Yeah, he, um, he said, like, the, that music cue was supposed to be the voice in her head of baby Jason telling her to oh, kill the wow. teenagers. So I that's why that. it's. Well, it sounds. Then, I think it sounds oh terrible God. in this movie. Every time yeah. in camp, I was like, "That's not the right. That's not the right sound." That's so weird. I yeah. yeah I I wish that they had done more with their themes because I love them. Yeah. I love them both. Uh, I did not care for metal. It's just so 
It's really on the nose. I think that like it's the problem. It's so on the it, nose, but only for the two thousands. It's so well, it, like ugh, it definitely God, was a thing in the two thousands, but it's but like I mean, I'm sure Evan uh, knows this. That is very my style. I love early two thousands metal. Yeah. Like I have this soundtrack for sure. <laughs> and the Bright of Chucky one, which is very similar. Oh god. Um I like like I don't that hate definitely it in general. I hate it specifically <laughs> for this movie. Because it feels like it's making Jason into something that he's not really. It's trying Maybe. to make Jason like an early 2000s horror movie villain. And I just like, as much as it is the early 2000s and he's in the horror movie, like, it's just not, it doesn't feel it, accurate. It feels to me like it's not trying to make a horror movie so much as it's trying to make a versus movie. And trying to like pump up the jams for that. Of like, hmm. of like, we're not like that scared here. Like, this isn't yeah. like. It does do that. You know, I, yeah. And that's and I love that about it because that's why I'm watching it. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do because I do not remember. I know we we sort of half watched. I sort of half watched the remake when you watched it about a month ago. Would you say? No, a couple months ago. Uh, like I said, I've 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 had a fondness for it for years. I saw it in theaters with my friends. I had a great time. My friend literally screamed so loud the entire theater turned to look at her in the very beginning. So very fond memories of that movie. Um. But I don't remember what they do, and I'm curious to see what um, whether there's any kind of like musical stings for him. I don't remember the score in that one so much. Um, I do like that one. I think Evan doesn't like that one very much. I think he said that already. I I like it just because it's like basically mm-hmm. a Jason movie. Like Jason's doing what Jason does. Yeah, and it's, I like it's it. That and I'm cool with it. The remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't know. It's it. Ha- there's definitely good ideas in it, but a lot of the execution like wonks out i agree yep. i like i like them both i have fa- i have more of a fondness mm-hmm. for friday the 13th i saw the remake of nightmare before i ever saw the original nightmare um and yeah. i liked it well enough when i didn't have anything to compare it to and now i'm like it's kind of just fine i certainly don't i certainly would don't like have a lot of desire to revisit it it has a terrible final shot like just one of the worst things i've ever seen in my life just so stupid whereas i think i think i saw both of those in theaters as well and i remember like being really thrown by the opening of um the remake of friday the 13th where i'm like oh he's like a little too efficient because everybody's almost dead and like i feel like we're only half hour into this And it was just like this. There's two scenes, two groups of teens. <laughs> yeah, that I actually really yeah, liked. Yeah, me too. It's actually it's really interesting uh, comparing it to four mm-hmm. because it's very similar to four because it has the sibling yeah. of um, one of the already killed teens coming in to be a part of the other group, which I think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I never realized that until I saw Final Chapter. Final Chapter yeah. and realized, oh, this is actually the remake. Rather than playing off the first movie, they're playing off the fourth one, which I think is really cool. Yeah, there's there's elements of the first couple, I think, because there's like yeah, the mom yes. sequence, but then like the Mrs. the Ward cold open, which is just well. the yeah. first one. To bring yeah. to bring this back yeah. to put a point on Freddy versus Jason, Sorry. <laughs> I just want to say I think that there's a spectrum here, right? Like Liz, you hate this movie. James, you love it. Uh, I think it's like slightly below average overall. Mm-hmm. I did, if you look at my letterbox rating, it will reflect that because I did deduct quite a few stars for. Uh, a member of Destiny's Child calling Freddy a homophobic slur. Yeah. Um, which, like, again, we have to judge this for being the movie that it is, and that is what it yeah, is. Yeah, it, it is in the movie. It made it to the movie, so I can't, you know. That being said, I do just want to take a moment to do some quick hits. We don't talk about these, but uh, the thing I appreciate most about this is that this is so clearly shot with someone with a sense of style. Yes. Um, there's a few, like, there's almost like Wong Kar Wai homages in, like, the step printing, and then in, I think it's the first fight scene, it might be the second one, with, like, 
the entire screen is just color. At first, it's red, and then it's green. Yeah, that's the uh, first one in the dream. So it, like, changes color yeah. when the mood changes in the scene. So, like, regardless of whether or not, like, it worked for me as a, like, being a 2000s slasher versus a, a 80s slasher, mm-hmm. like, it's clearly made by someone who wants to make this movie stand out, and it definitely does stand out visually. Yeah. A few other scenes, uh, there's, like, an early dream sequence, Lori's in the police station, and there's the little girl whose, like, eyes are, like... I guess clawed out yeah. <laughs> whatever the fuck Freddy did to yeah. her yeah. that's like genuinely like pretty like it looks good again it's probably practical yep. effects maybe mm-hmm. some CGI no it's, like, it's polished it's practical but... there's a there's bonus features where the little girl had to wear basically like eye patches she couldn't see insane it looks great yeah um, the dead yeah. brother uh, like in the bathtub Scott Farkas <laughs> Scott Farkas from A Christmas Story oh my god <laughs> that's the actor who plays Scott Farkas and he's really funny when he talks about the uh having played in one scene that's hilarious. i mean like freddie's like speaking through him when he's like in the in the bathtub and that's overflowing with blood i think that's a really good scene right yeah it's a very nightmare on elm street scene mm-hmm. but i think that it's shot really well and yeah. then obviously robert england's voice coming through that actor's body i think really works mm-hmm. i just want to mention a couple scenes that like there's there's moments of this that did work for me in spite of my overall tone being kind of bleh liz was there anything like that for mm-hmm. you or were you mostly just uh, annoyed I think I'm mostly not. I, I think that, like, what we're really coming down to here is that, like, I think it's a script problem, like, 90% of it. You know, like we said, we had some issues with the direction, but for the most part, we didn't mention it. We, I sort of mentioned it at the beginning, but it makes no sense that her uh, mother was killed by Freddy. I just want to put that out there. Makes no sense. Doesn't fit at all with the, the rest of the story. How could Freddy have killed her mother a year ago if Freddy wasn't powerful enough to come back to Springwood? Just doesn't make sense. Just doesn't, doesn't work. Don't get it. Yeah, and they they said they had like Freddie under wraps for like four years yeah, or something like I feel that. Like he's been, well, oh yeah, but they, they don't they they like don't entirely remember him, and then he's like weak in power. But four years ago, children were being killed. Four. Because well, yeah. his obituaries <laughs> like that they've been yeah. editing go back years, you know, and it's like his mm. brother who killed himself. Like, there's nothing about that here. So like, there's just it just didn't make sense to me. Just didn't really get it. Also, would her would her boyfriend not have seen? Oh, a man is killed. A man is killing her mother. Must be her father, not a different man, clearly wearing different clothes, and like who doesn't look anything like a normal. It just it doesn't it doesn't work for me. It, the script has serious problems. I don't get it. I I bet you that was from when they condensed it down. I bet you that was like a bigger twist yeah. or a bigger part it of the story because that whole like parent conspiracy is really interesting. That all of the adults are actually like controlling the kids and keeping them drugged. Yeah. Uh, yeah, drugged and like, um, uh, what's the word? Like calm or sedated yeah. or whatever. Like in the sense that they're living in like a bubble, and all of the adults in the town are like conspiring to keep them, um, like not knowledgeable that Freddie. I agree. Exists. I think so, you're totally right, you know, James. That like, there must be some stuff that was cut because I did say that in the middle of the watching the movie, where I was like, "This stuff at the obituaries is interesting to me. I want more yeah. on this." And then after that scene, it was dropped. Like, pretty much for the most yeah. part, like, they do not talk about the parents. Once they get on the road to Crystal Lake, it's like, that's any, any discussion yeah. of that, it's over. So yeah. there, I think you're right. Yeah, there they... is like a, there's a longer movie here that maybe I would have liked. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. exist, and unfortunately. I... Yeah. And I, and I think that's fair. I think the stuff in it for me, like, I think pretty much all of the Freddy scenes are really awesome. I think Robert England's performance is yeah. agreed. Like I do think we, should, we haven't one. we haven't given um, enough love to Robert England, who was like <laughs> what fifty eight doing this. Yeah, and he nails it. He nails he's, it so he's much. He's so good in it. Like, 
every gesture when he's like taunting Jason or doing the teenager stuff or doing the dream stuff or being scary. He's like so great as Freddy in this one. And um, it's that perfect line of being like saying taunting one liners, but they're all really dark instead of dumb. Like they are in like four and five and six. I think that's like stylistically. I think that's my favorite Jason look where he's like got like scraggly hair and like his skin is all like zombie and grayed and weird and shiny and gross. And um, I love the jacket that he has on. Like people make fun of jacket Jason <laughs> way too much. I think it looks great. Jacket Because <laughs> people are like, so when he comes, well, they, they make fun of him. And they're like, yeah, he comes back and this zombie. Oh, wait, hold on. I feel a little chilly. I'm going to put this jacket on. <laughs> but I'm like, if we know one thing about Jason is that he's True. vain and he cares about his parents. He has also, to put something cold. on his Dempsey's face. always get cold. So That's he, okay. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. I think the things work. I think, yeah, there's a script problem, but I think that stuff works for me. I watch it. I have fun every time I see it. That's kind of where I love the movie, but that is not a popular opinion. <laughs> it's okay. We all have those, well, except for Evan. It's just me. Yeah. Just me and James. Any last words on Freddy vs. Jason? <laughs> no. I don't think so. I just, I like it. I think it's fun. If you want to watch Freddy fight Jason, you at least get to see it. Unlike, you know, Frankenstein meets the wolf fan, which is like five minutes of them fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Alien vs. Predator, which is really cool when it happens, but it doesn't happen enough because it's just mostly is, a Is setup. Godzilla vs. King Kong the gold standard here? Uh, of course. I mean, you yeah. can't top <laughs> you can't top it. Um, it's excellent. Um, 10 out of t- 10. Out of 10 uh, 100 out of 100. Perfect movie. It's very uplifting in times such as these uh, to just watch a bunch of Godzilla movies. They're, they're so uplifting. They're, they're not dark. That's that's the balance that you have to find in in quarantine. Where like you're you want to watch a bunch of horror movies because they're fun, but when you watch a new one, it could get depressing really quickly. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the original Godzilla is pretty fucking dark. I don't know. You can't overlook it's that. It's true. <laughs> it's true, but like it snaps back real quick. Yeah, yeah, for a good twenty years there. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to tear this uh, this movie's heart out with its own arm? Yeah, blow it up. Throw it off a pier. <laughs> All that shit. Yank it apart with chains. Would like... you like to pull up the roulette? Or are we rolling? I, I don't know what else we'd be doing. I know, you're right. I just didn't think about it. Shoot, okay. <laughs> All right, pull up that roulette. Our next movie will be... Oh, brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We Where have... is this? Yes! This is um, on Shudder. Is it? Perfect. Not sponsored by Shudder. It says it is on Real Good. Yeah. Is it there? Yep. We watched this on a last drive-in. Yes. Uh, I don't know, April or something? A really long time ago. Not I'm... a really long time ago. This year. Eh, well, you know, <laughs> feels, feels like a really long time. It's a long time in uh, quarantine corona time. Um, I would love to yeah, revisit this. It... I only kind of half-watched it. I was making cookies last time I watched the last yeah. one. So I would love to revisit it. This movie's crazy. <laughs> yes. Any thoughts on brain damage? Just like a two-sentence. What's your, what's your summary Tease of it? it. Who, how do you feel about it? How do I feel about brain damage? Um, it's a wild time. <laughs> it's super funky and, and fun and ridiculous. I, yeah, I think it's a great idea. I think people should watch this. Yeah. It's a fun movie. I agree. It's on Shutter, not yeah. sponsored by Shutter. Not sponsored by Shutter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next time, uh, brain, brain damage. damage. Until then, you can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at nowscreaming. Be sure to talk to us and talk to James. James, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at MST3James and Letterboxd at MST3James. I am on both of those quite a bit. 
I've been doing Hooptober as well uh, on on Letterboxd, and uh, and yeah, if anybody wants to hit me up, I will respond. Good stuff. Exciting. Excited to talk about Hooptober in one yeah. of our upcoming episodes. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, Hooptober probably in our next episode as well as Twelve Hour Shift and Blind Possessor Manor. and Blind Manor. Oh, and Haunting of Blind Manor. Mm-hmm. Yes, lots of stuff coming out this yeah. month that we got to talk about. So stay tuned for that and for Brain Damage for our next Roulette episode. Thanks, as always, to Wes Craven and to Victor Miller and Sean S. Cunningham for giving us the other franchise <laughs> that we're talking about here uh, that led us to this, yeah. this convergence in Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. All right. Until next time, everybody. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. <laughs> oh, have a happy Halloween. Oh, yeah. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>